It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Howdy, partners. It's the Time Enough podcast where we talk about episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. But it's not, be- well, it's, it's kind of beyond, but not in a like beyond the Twilight Zone sort of way because it's an oh, episode the, of the Twilight Zone. Today we'll be discussing an episode of the show Beyond. One step beyond? <laughs> I'm not prepared. No, there is a show. <laughs> Hi, this know. is hi, this is Matt. This is Mark trying to confuse you all with, hi, I'm with misinformation. Lord about of misdirection <laughs> anthology shows. <laughs> yes. Imagine finding misdirection in a Twilight Zone podcast. <laughs> it's elegy, hmm. elegy, 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 elegy. 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 That would be I I believe that means a poem to commemorate the dead or something. Something I there's there's I got this book of cello music and two of them are called elegies, so they're they're all depressing and stuff. Yeah, probably for uh, some dead astronauts. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess if you're listening to this, you know, you know, <laughs> you know about the, they're, seen they're it. alive through most of the show. I mean, but what kind of life is it? But they're doomed, so in a way, they are already dead. We're all doomed. We're all dying from now. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not dying because a hologram is going to poison me on an asteroid. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of that hologram and our astronauts, I'll do the trivia part of this show. This episode is written by Charles Beaumont, and this trippy on the surface but dark underneath is pretty much his signature style on the show. As for our astronauts, the dark-haired one is Jeff Morrow. His acting career didn't catch fire until he was in his late 40s when he set some fire to the robe. For the sci-fi fan, he showed up in This Island Earth. But for the anthology fan, look towards his six appearances on Crossroads, not beyond. This is his only trip into the Twilight Zone, except for that time he appeared in the 80s reboot episode A Day in Beaumont. I wonder if there's a reference there. Crewmate Kevin Hagen made plenty of TV guest appearances, but is best remembered playing Doc Baker in Little House on the Prairie, which I didn't watch. Me neither. No, I, dude. I mean, in the '80s, you know, like boys don't didn't watch Little House on the Prairie. I think. I mean, there's I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's someone who did. So email us Wait. if you're that person you want to do the Prairie cast. You boys watch Knight Rider and girls watch Little House on the Prairie. Then never the twain shall meet. That sounds right. Don Dubbins was crewmate number three. He got plenty of work on TV, but nothing that really caught my attention. His wiki shot was from Bonanza, so I guess there's that. Jeremy Wickwire was played by Cecil Kellaway, who had some notable acting chops. He very much, he very much took the role of a character actor from the 1930s, but the approach got him some Best Supporting Actor noms for The Luck of the Irish and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. That's it. That's all I had. For trivia, I didn't see you put the astronauts' names in your notes where I never even bothered to like think about them. 
Do you know why I put them there? Because Kirby's there? So I could look at them and see what their names are. Good, good thinking there. So you'll be the guy in charge of doing the names. I don't know which one's which. Right. Kirby's the, the pink one. Okay. Yeah. Kirby ate a car. Right. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, but what your, what your job is to do is to do this prologue, which you can now see. Okay. Here we go. The time is the day after tomorrow. The okay, I got to start over. The time is the day after tomorrow. The place, a far corner of the universe, a cast of characters, three men lost amongst the stars, three men sharing the common urgency of all men lost. They're looking for home, and in a moment they'll find home. Not a home that is a place to be seen, but a strange, unexplainable experience to be felt right i was wondering if you're going to try doing the whole thing with voice number one <laughs> i just i just switched between like three voices because it's scary you know i got i have my giant cookie monster puppet which i use in classes and then if i if i find myself having to do the cookie monster voice for like five minutes that's like bad news time right hmm Maybe I should do the Cookie Monster voice for the next Twilight Zone episode. Well, we'll we'll just I'll just pick one at some point. Right, right. Maybe the one that's cookie about Monster. cookies, the cookie episode of the uh, Twilight Zone. You know, could you be could be lying, but you could be telling the truth. I know that's the amazing thing about it. Um, one recurring theme: six hundred fifty-five million miles isn't like that far. No, I feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson is like just somewhere just in a room just kind of itching wanting to tweet about it but he knows that most people haven't seen this episode recently <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should <laughs> have you seen the um the the uh, key and peel sketch which shows uh neil degrasse tyson's married life no like she accuses him of like cheating on her and stuff he'll just go into a, but think about it this way there are a million that goes into some physics lecture about how it's okay that he's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, speaking of people who kind of sound like the cookie monster. Yeah. Well, he's just got a gravelly. He's got some gravel, right? I mean, more like Yoda, but I don't know. I mean, Stevie Wonder can sound like the cookie monster when he wants to. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> he when does that a lot of the best well, that guy yeah. goes to jail and living for the city. That's right. He goes full Cookie Monster. Mm -hmm. John Lennon's got a cookie in, in one of the songs on his first album. That It's like a ballad, and there's just a sudden cookie. And it's, yeah. Why are we, this is the Cookie oh, Monster Tom podcast. <laughs> Tom Waits is always the Cookie Monster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does a good Cookie Monster. Uh, no, I don't think anyone in here did. Um, what we get here is the Captain Wacky music, right? <laughs> like twice. Yeah. <laughs> like. I noticed on my disc this one did have an isolated score, and I'm like, really? That's weird. For that is it for that? Is that why it's there? Because <laughs> it, it was. I mean, I I would have put a more menacing sting with him. I think. Uh, I mean, think Jeremy about it. Wickwire's reveal. Isn't there an isolated band that isn't even alive? How more isolated can you get than that? I'm just trying to draw tangents. I can't. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I definitely like the creepy canned music, which does that is a weird wrench, too, because at that point, like you were making notes about like, oh, well, how does the bell ring if time has stopped? But time didn't stop. So mm -hmm. they can have loudspeakers playing band music. So. Yeah, it was um, 
it, it felt like I, I hate to say it, but it felt obvious that there wasn't a super great twist coming <laughs> because it was because things weren't adding up in a way that felt like they were adding up at all. And uh, was, they kind of add up right in the on. end. Oh, they kind of I mean, add do up. Add up. You you know what's happening at the end, but what's just happening is like you're screwed. Yeah, I, I guess how how did this episode land with you? I've heard this one as being mentioned as um one of the the first truly bad episode. But to be honest, I was perfectly amused by it. So, I I had fun. I yeah. didn't think it was I didn't think it was great, but um I I'm a fan of the dark. I'm yeah, a fan of the dark, and and, and I and, did. Like the twist is like you know something horrible like that's coming, but you definitely do, can't anticipate quite the flavor of it, you know. I mean, I it's probably I, I feel kind of guilty admitting this, but a lot of the fun I had with this episode was just staring at all the extras and like <laughs> like slightly waiting moving. for them to blink. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole <laughs> thing. I saw a guy blink. I was like, ah, I rewound it a couple times just to like watch people flinch. It was really fun. No, that's that that was totally fun. Like. Maybe I'm an idiot because I didn't notice it until uh, it was the the beauty pageant. But I I had to do my note taking session twice because my computer crashed and erased my first version oh. of my notes. So I no. was definitely noticing like way earlier on the the next time I watched it that a bunch of people like couldn't keep it still. <laughs> yeah, it was it's it's the kind of thing where I I'm always trying to like see through the production stuff and then it's like well you know they don't have you might have gotten a wax figure for a couple of people but when it goes into a room and there's like 35 people i'm like oh yeah these are just people standing really still and that makes it really fun because you know if they did it now they would just use like the bullet time cameras and it would just or or just cgi people it would be super easy for them to do this like i could do this in my house probably oh here's one detail that definitely did not make sense even when it wraps up in the end the clock doesn't have hands that that's that was an that was an error. They the clock should have had hands, even if it wasn't moving. Wait, you mean there's an? You mean there definitely was an error on the production, or you just or do you just think? No, it's in the script. No, I'm saying the the people who set up the cemetery, the the space asteroid cemetery, like forgot to put hands on the clock. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was uh, a, that was that's a production flaw of this um sci-fi, uh, funerary, team. I thought it was just a red herring, which, probably was, but. Mm. I like I, I think it was an error. It felt like a red. It felt like a red herring. Yeah, maybe it was an error. I mean, there's dialogue about it. it clearly, was not a production mistake. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, um, you liked this rocket, did you? I liked it. Okay, it I thought good. it was. I thought it was a, a dollar store rocket with Ray Kawakubo spacesuits. I just read about her. Do you know who that is? And no. if you say it's fine if you don't. I was reading um one of John Waters' books where he's talking about like he likes to buy all his clothes from a really expensive fashion designer that makes your stuff look like thrift store stuff. You know, like like I'm visiting my parents, so I decide to wear the um sport coat that looks perfectly fine on the outside, but is is lined with like rat fur on the inside. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or like it'll just have like a random green um you know, button like halfway down the down the jacket or the shirt or whatever. Anyway, the spacesuits like had that really like like weird patches and weird places, and then they their collar didn't make any sense whatsoever. Jeez, I didn't really notice the spacesuits. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. I think I was... it's because I just read about the designer, so I was like, mm -hmm. oh, she would love these spacesuits. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think it's maybe because this is the second or possibly third Twilight Zone episode that I've commented on that has space travel in it. I was just sort of like, I'll learn space. Spacey Mark. Okay. Was, that, that, that is more focused on trying to figure out what the planet was. When Judgment Night, that was a that was a, a um, sea ship, not a spaceship. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, I was uh, just trying to confuse you. That's all. Anyway, well, my thought was, I I'm for one thing, I'm pretty certain I've never seen this episode before. Not that you asked, but <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to solve the thing, trying to solve the thing in my head, and I thought, oh well, they went backwards into in time into Earth. I, um, I think I, I mentioned what they wanted you to think. I know I mentioned it on the podcast, not directly to you, but I, I tend to put on these anthology shows late at night and then fall asleep. So this one, I think the first time I like crashed five minutes in, like after they crashed, right? Uh, <laughs> like they yeah. got out of they got out of the rocket and then I fell asleep. And then I watched it. I got through like 20 minutes. So then I fell asleep like right before the actual twist. So <laughs> and, and, and then about and, frozen dogs. Yeah. And then I watched um, and then I watched it twice for notes this time around. So. Okay. But that that was uh, again because of computer issues. But I, I I did not like hate watching again. It, it, actually, it's kind of a fun one to watch again because you, you pick up on the the little things that you know they aren't little things to level you'd find in like a modern movie where they have like a five hundred person production team putting these touches in. You know, but yeah, I I would be hard pressed to name a to specifically think of a Twilight Zone episode that I thought was bad or the one with the laugh track. Oh, which one? It, oh, it's man, coming but... eventually but uh, anyway there, there's one with the last track that's particularly crap if i remember correctly who knows i might get to it and love it we'll see but i have my doubts I, I feel like generally the worst i ever get out of these episodes is that it's predictable or rote or or feels like someone is going haha you're an idiot <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, well again that's why uh, you know we do need to point out it's a uh charles beaumont script because that is a little more his vibe <laughs> I'm, well the the um the weirdest thing for me was that i kept thinking until like very close to the end i'm like oh they ended up in the future because it's this insane technology where an asteroid you just have a bunch of frozen people on it and then it was just this is starting 1973 and I was like, I, wait, what, what? <laughs> I just what? kept thinking of the uh, red dwarf where they end up back on Earth and time is now running backwards. Oh, when they go to Nodnall? Yeah, yeah, that, like that must be spelled it. backwards. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Um, that was a great episode. I wasn't quite, um, I mean, you didn't interrupt me. I was just saying I'm not quite finished with the rocket. Um, mm. One, the console in the rocket, it looked like the alien one from Forbidden Planet. I wondered if they had uh, nicked that piece of the set. I wouldn't be surprised. This is really close to when that was made right and i, I mean, yeah i think they even nicked other things from forbidden planet so it would so i really do think that was the console from forbidden planet the one that shows the uh, is it the krill in forbidden planet i've been watching the orville where the krill are one of the races and now i can't remember who it's supposed to be in that movie something like that i don't think it was the krill i i feel like i would remember that because that's like fish or something right yeah anyway you know it's forbidden planet you don't really have to say more than that people will work out the rest also i i, I put that um airlocks are for wusses <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, uh, they're just like well I i'm thinking to myself well either you're wrong about the air or you're wrong about where you are is like uh, 
maybe a little bit of a pet peeve. It didn't bother me here because it's Twilight Zone, and of course it's going to do this, but uh, I feel like Star Trek Voyager d- does this a lot, where mm-hmm. they're just super far out in space, and there's all of a sudden there's Earth-centric stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, seriously? He does, he does make the point that, um, you know, we're not going anywhere else, so. Yeah, of course. So, I it's guess. It's just, uh, and the, it, I again, mean, it makes sense. It makes sense it, when you find out what the what the whole deal is, but it's just sort of like when when you have a bunch of coincidentally you go somewhere and there's Earth stuff there, and you go to another planet and there's Earth stuff there, and then eh. I mean this what six hundred fifty five million miles puts them out like what like somewhere past Saturn or something? Yeah, I think so. Roughly, I mean, so it's they're I done. Didn't, I didn't measure it. They've been lost for six months, but I guess they've been like, you know, like the expanse lost, right? Where they're just like orbiting the solar system in an eccentric orbit or something. Well, I believe the, uh, I believe some of the opening narration was in a corner of the universe. No, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm going by the number they actually gave us and you know, yeah. come to a conclusion that these guys were just like, you know, blopping around the solar system uh, out of control or something. I don't think they would have just tossed that number out like, uh, you know ridley scott yeah 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 i no. in this show they just like to think of a number and use it so i get that it's just yeah yeah i like calling it out that's all oh yeah of course (laughs) fun to call out um what are some other things here uh oh yeah they they make the horror movie you know fatal flaw of let's split up for an hour but it works out fine for them so that's cool i interestingly i rewound and rewatched that that little part about three or four times because I'm like, did I miss the part where they talked about why they were splitting up? And they really didn't. <laughs> They'll cover more like, ground that way. It, 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 I, I think I just like couldn't figure out why. I think it was just, um, we have to find. They were like, we have to find something. Yeah. It's just the. Uh, now, um, we should start talking a little bit about Jeremy Wickwire, who you said you kept writing hologram where i wrote android i just thought that was interesting where we came land because he carries things right he serves them food and that kills them well i mean the holodeck is on on star trek i know this way predates that concept but you know those things could carry stuff yeah i just kind of assumed that they actually did build all this yeah probably i don't i don't feel like they explained that Whole maybe because but... we've already seen the visitor where it's shown that you can just live on an asteroid even if it is boring <laughs> yeah it's true i mean it, i just once my brain switched into this is a holodeck then it was hard to go back from that to be honest okay i think because i've seen so many holodeck and holo hologram related star trek episodes at this point because once wickwire starts explaining that this cemetery has lots of different themed areas which we see none of, of course, because they didn't have the budget yeah. for that. But I started getting images of um, Legoland in the Lego movie. <laughs> I was really fantasizing about, like, we're going to watch these astronauts retire to, like, all these different worlds. And it was just like, no. No. Nope. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, this is a, it is fun. You get one sci-fi set, right? Otherwise, you get to use what, like, just the normal backlot sets. And it still feels relatively sci-fi, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Star Trek, Star Trek pulled the same, especially TOS pulled the same trick. And that's why, you know, Voyager also kept finding planet Earth out in the uh, Delta Quadrant. <laughs> yeah, of course. It was, it was Voyager's 
maybe a little too ambitious for what the budget for sci-fi shows always was at that point yeah i don't know if discovery has less of that but i like i like the really bleak voyager episodes like the one where the ship disintegrates at the end and they all die yeah i i love i love ones where they're like oh well the ship is just slowly going to melt until we barely barely fix it or like everyone what was it everyone went insane i don't like eight times yeah Yeah, i can barely remember well star trek always has everybody goes insane right i mean well so it's the twilight zone which usually one person goes insane in the twilight zone where it's everyone goes insane because of a singularity right yeah, and Deep Space Nine did a lot, got a lot of mileage out of like one character is alone on Deep Space Nine for some reason. Usually, that's because they had such a big. Again, it's the sets. They had such a big yeah. set for it. You know, they'd never had that big a set for Trek before. So let's, you know, throwing one dude on there or lady is quite effective. Yeah, so a bottle episode is like, you get a lot more out of it. So is this a bottle episode for the Twilight Zone? Is there such thing as a bottle episode for the Twilight Zone? Because there's definitely somewhere they would build more notable sets or have more mo- notable makeup, things like that. Where this I mean, one, the main effect is Sanreal still. <laughs> if it's not Earth, is it always a bottle episode when it's not Earth? And they don't go to another planet. <laughs> but it's still Earth, yeah. <laughs> um, an asteroid episode. Yeah, the, as far as the twist, yeah, like the, the fact that they're just like, yeah, little old man, give me that tea is pretty... Uh, you'd think you'd have just a little bit of discernment i guess they have to eat eventually and, and they're there for good so why not start now but the way i look at it is that jeremy wickwire is such an intelligent android or program or whatever that he knew that if he just let them kind of run around until they were so disoriented that they would just sort of eat out of his hand <laughs> drink out of his hand literally yeah i mean i'm i doubt that's what the writers had in mind but it works for me I mean, I get it. I can get they're just like, oh, God. And then then they have you. Then he has you. You're you dead. know who it makes me think of? Um, one of the crappiest looking robots ever, which is uh, uh, Box from Logan's Run. He's <laughs> oh, kind yes. of doing this. When he's trying to give them fish and greens and protein from the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then wants to laser them, right? Yeah. At least he got Jenny, what is it, Algator, naked for a bit. That was cool. But <laughs> I think... Uh, I believe that was only in the movie, and not in the book. But I don't know for well, the sure. The book I read the book; it's the completely nothing. different. And I think that like really, really like horrible stuff happens to them in the book, like grievous injuries that are fortunately fixed by the by the future tech. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, the the book is so different. Uh, spoilers for Logan's run the book. I guess skip ahead if you haven't read it. Is that <laughs> I found out that. The whole thing was that sanctuary is real and it's in space and the guy who was hunting them actually was part of the resistance and helped them escape so that's just like couldn't yeah, some, be more different something right? like that I, it's not a long book i read it when i did the podcast for the uh for that for logan's run and i, I you know mostly it, it's my memory is back to the movie so yeah well it's like the movie is such a formative i mean for i don't know about for most people but i think people our age watched that at some point and they got an impression out of it you know i mean yeah uh the the and then and then another box like thing he says just you know while there are men there can be no peace that's when he just goes super dark at the end of course yeah this is a lot like logan's run where it's sort of like you can't trust people so we have to do something about them that's like (laughs) sort of i don't know if that's 
I don't know if that counts as fascism, but it's it's just generally kind of scary. <laughs> um, let's roll on into the the questions. Like, who went into the Twilight Zone? Is that an easy one for this episode? Pretty easy, yeah. It's three astronauts. The band members, yeah, the three astronauts. Yeah, <laughs> no, the band. Yeah. Well, um, okay. What about maybe one out of ten of these people are actual people, right? He's he notes that most of them are replications and uh yeah. just it's just the you know the the people the, of course the the customers i guess you could say I, yeah i wasn't clear on he was talking about how they could continue living out their dreams after they're dead and i was unclear on what that meant because uh like the beauty queen is re relatively dumpy looking right that was the real person yeah. who died and all of the beauty the other contestants and people watching are simply the um you know not real people yeah the, but the it's like if you're dead the embalmed one yeah if you're dead then you're not alive it's just a little bit of a question for me it was like is there some tech keeping these people alive somehow no they're all dead that's the dead. point no they're all dead it's just i mean think about it, like he says it's a cemetery right some people mm -hmm. build like giant sculptures for these dead people you know mortuaries things like that i mean they're not really enjoying them because they're dead right it's like <laughs> when you stuff your cat yeah it's like uh, if you stuffed your cat and then put your cat on a planet with other stuffed cats you know i'm not I'm, the cats are robots i i i think you know i'm completely not into the pyramids or a tomb idea but if you were to call the pyramids a tomb then uh, you know then that would be another example <laughs> well of course they're full of grain everyone knows that yeah they're full of like like subtle energy blasting into space to other planets man they're full I of hope. cats yeah they're full of cats they're full, they're full of scrooge mcduck's gold <laughs> probably there's a there they did find a ch uh they found another chamber recently so that's probably where all the gold is that's where the weed is man yeah <laughs> the blue lotus because it's it's egypt <laughs> yeah well uh, you know what what man what a discovery that would be if they went in there and found a bunch of ganj though what would that mean for history <laughs> it would be very dry yeah but i um, mean I, I like they found like um and some mummies i think they found traces of tobacco which doesn't make sense because tobacco theoretically wouldn't have been in ancient egypt well, I mean, if if it existed anywhere, they probably could have gotten it. I don't know. Anyway, no that I'm just getting into the whole like maybe you know civilizations aren't what we think they were. You know, <laughs> I'm much more interested in stuff like they found a computer that was like a. From, There's that think, Greek computer, right? That's what you're talking yeah, about. The, the yeah, one yeah, yeah. It's like a little computer that yeah that could just I mean, do math. I mean, as an analog computer, it's still pretty impressive. Yeah. Hell, it's more impressive. You have to put all those gears together. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it's, you know, that's what so, you want to believe is that like you, or at least some of us want to believe that there was a super cool, super advanced civilization that just got wiped out at some point. Yeah. Did these, yeah. Did these astronauts um, deserve their trip into the Twilight Zone? It's hard to tell, but I'm going to say no okay go ahead and explain that's that's i guess the point of the question they seem pretty innocent i don't i don't understand i i don't think it was entirely clear what they were doing in space but i don't think they were oh they actually said they're on a uh a, re a standard geological survey or something oh so it just went over my head because i was like that's boring i don't care about your stupid geology anyway no they don't deserve it just because they were doing rock stuff 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't off to war or anything like that. Or, you know, they weren't no. like, they weren't going to go fight some, some drac or anything like that. So <laughs> no, I mean, if there's any like actual flaw in this episode is that I didn't, they, they, they weren't, they were sort of just not characters. Well, I couldn't tell the two blonde dudes apart. Right. Like you said, you wrote down the names so you could remember the names, but yeah, if they, if there had been one of them that was like, no, we gotta, we've gotta get out of here. We gotta kill all the, we gotta kill all these frozen people. I don't know if, if, if there's any conflict between them, then I would feel differently. But I guess that they just didn't really feel like that it needed it, or they didn't feel like there was space for it, or. So, so they follow the uh, Gene Roddenberry um, edict of no conflict and uh, among the crew. I guess actually they do because they don't. They, I mean, they barely argue. The biggest argument is, are you sure you should open the door? Well, what else are we going to do? So they open the door. That's that's the most conflict they have, right? So yeah. I guess I mean, they're kind of chill probably, space, chill well, space more, cats that got embalmed while that's a still more alive. realistic working environment, right? I mean, if you're trapped with two other guys in a little rocket ship, you most likely don't want to constantly have arguments with them. I think that's pretty realistic. I wonder what kind of arguments went on in the Apollo capsule. Especially like, 13 when the when the mic was off. <laughs> just why is this why is this peace sphere floating towards me? Well, there's one was, uh, one of the last Apollo, maybe the last. There was a dude like doing ESP experiments on the way back. So that's kind of cool. That's why it was the last one. He, he, he <laughs> tapped into something, tapped into the wrong stuff, man. Wasn't that? No, that's because the Transformers on the moon told us not to come back. Wasn't that um the the X Men the Phoenix Saga the original thing was they were like going in, going back in the space shuttle and then it was like they were messing up and she just turned into a, turned into a giant bird because. Okay, something. sorry, I'm 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 too dork here. Uh, they were on a space station that encountered a solar flare and they had to get out because of the radiation. So they all hold up in the back of the space shuttle, which was lead lined or something, while Jean Grey piloted the ship using her telekinesis to block out the radiation until she couldn't anymore. No, see, that's not dorky at all. You were clarifying what I was barely recollecting. So it's dorky job. because like it didn't take me any mental effort to recall that story at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it uh you could fit the entire plot of every movie about the Phoenix within that sentence. Yeah, she's and then angry. And then, and then, uh, ten years after the original, they, when they reprinted them, they added in this ten-page story where she like, in, as she's like losing her hair and rotting, she encounters this phoenix spirit. That you know, it's that's kind of trippy. But that was retconning because by that point, Jean Grey had like come back, right? So right, because the yeah. dark phoenix thing was separate from the regular phoenix thing. Right. Yeah. So that's trippy. That's a five on the tripometer, right? The Phoenix Saga, yes, absolutely. <laughs> how how about Elegy? Where does that land on the tripometer for you? I'm gonna give it a one point nine. Yeah, that, yeah. So ba that's basically a two. Yeah, almost. Mm. Not quite. Not very trippy. I mean, there's people being still is cool, but but you get used to it. So yeah, I was going to go up to three because. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that was not thinking holograms, but I was thinking, I guess, holodeck episode, right? Yeah. So it, I, you throw it's you throw a rocket. It's unfair for me to judge this because I feel like I've seen it so many other times. With well, the whole point of the tripometer is you're not judging it, right? You're just tripping it. So, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm sticking with my 1.9. I think it's no. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I'm just you know the the point is that that's not a judgment of how good it is. It's just how trippy it is. Exactly. So I'm saying it's trippier because I guess maybe again I while I was watching this that Red Dwarf episode kept coming to mind, which is also a straight up five on the tripometer, right? So (laughs) I think and and. and it really gets kind of a little bit of a couple of extra decimal points just because the entire thing is just a a short march to death, which I think is pretty trippy in itself, right? That's just, you know, that's a where trot the DMT to death. comes in. That's where the DMT kicks in, man. It's like you're never going to get more DMT than when, like, a android poisons you. I talked to a doctor who who will do you that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can get more DMT than that, but your average... <laughs> Your average astronaut who uh, is drug tested by the military. Right. Okay. Probably, yeah. See, again, we're not talking quality, but this one, I, I think Elegy, I actually would put the trippy above the quality, which we've had a lot of episodes so far where the quality seemed to be above the trippy. Like, you know, Mr. Mm-hmm. Denton on Doomsday is like a Western, you know, it's, that's, that's classic, so trippy. Yes. But it's a really, really good. I think it's a really good episode. So you know, it's a yeah, it's a classic good, not very trippy episode. Yeah. Whereas here, the tables turn. The episode is like, I I guess I found it like pleasantly half-assed. You know, like I enjoyed the half-assedness of this episode. So, since Mister Denton came up for a set for just a second, do you think that Mister Death and Mister Fate are friends with each other? Yeah, yeah. I think I did. I mention that when we were talking. I don't know. Yes, they, I, I thought remember. they were basically the same character. <laughs> are there more? Are there more mysteries coming up in this in this series? Oh God, yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, in think, my head, I'm building the Mister Cinematic Universe. Um, I think it's. I think it's maybe in about a month or two we're going to get to the episode with Mister um, Pip. <laughs> okay, I love his soda. Yeah, not Pib, Pip. Is Pip a uh, soda? Okay, Mister Pip. He, I mean, he is the, he is fat i actually Japanese just Pip. i jumped ahead and watched it mr pip is relatively chubby i, I yeah actually mm. yeah the, the other the other guy in the episode keeps calling him fat so even so <laughs> oh that's not nice yeah but um but yes the guy the android the hologram here isn't he's polite but he's not nice i guess he's uh cordial yeah i mean he's also programmed so whatever <laughs> He did a great job. I'm just going to say whoever programmed Jeremy Wickwire did a great job. I guess Cecil, the actor, programmed Jeremy Wickwire, and that's why he got two Oscar nominations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, again, it's a good actor, so that helps. Um, I'm trying to think about time. I don't, I don't know. When, did, when, when are we talking oh. to people? I'm looking at my list of when people are hearing us talk to them now. It's like the middle of April. You got anything hey. cooking? Get some April showers and get ready for May flowers because mm. it's springtime. Go get you a lavender latte. I don't got anything going on in spring, probably. I think I, I'm probably, when, when this episode is releasing, chilling at the cherry blossoms with a chew high. Yeah. Nice. And and if if there's like, you know, People aren't getting together. I know places with great cherry blossoms and no people. I actually, I, I mm. we veered away even before COVID. We kind of veered away from going to the big cherry blossom festivals to just hiking out to a spot by the river with a bunch of cherry blossom trees. So, screw I'm, people. Uh, yeah, screw people. I'm I'm in the United States, so I'm currently planning 
trying to plan a vacation and I'm like, where can I trust to go and where will I be allowed to go? Scranton, Pennsylvania. I'm pretty sure what I'm just going to do is just sit in my home and play video games. <laughs> I just feel like that's what I'm going to order super expensive food to my home and then just sit here and stare at it, stare at the food <laughs> and then um, not eat it because I'm afraid that Android poisoned me. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Um, as for this, it's time enough podcast. It is, um, we're on Twitter as Time Enough Pod. We're on Facebook. Sorry, I forgot what I was doing there for a second. <laughs> this mm -hmm. podcast and other podcasters are on Patreon under the umbrella of Podcastio Podcastius, where we also talk about sci-fi movies on Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Whatever weird stuff I feel like watching at Oral Hygiene. And uh, you'll hear some podcasts on Pokemon and Monster Hunter. And now there's some video game quiz show in, apparently. So... Ooh. Uh, there's all yeah i i think i think you've already been invited but not like directly yes. so <laughs> all right and i just called you out on air if uh if that's the case so <laughs> well if you're wrong then i'm disappointed yes then then i deserve my trip into the twilight zone ah.